Hey, Secrets of Success listeners, Deanna here. Thank you all so much for joining us. Well, today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. See, NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. Now, how many of you can use some additional information so you can make smarter decisions with your money? It's okay. I'll be the first to raise my hand. Because the nerds have helped me get smarter about things like saving on travel. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night, maybe a a small shopping spree or a fancy dinner or two. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Also, boosting my credit score, since good credit is like a real-life cheat code, seriously, like a real-life cheat code, and then saving for an emergency fund because life is like a good movie. It just loves a good plot twist. So listen to Merit Wallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. Welcome to a journey of transformation empowerment. You're listening to Antonio T. Smith Jr. Where ideas ignite change and possibilities are endless. Before we dive into today's episode, we have something special for our listeners. Today's podcast is brought to you by a groundbreaking book that's reshaping the conversation around Black economic empowerment. It's Resegregation, Volume 1, The Power Matrix. A Master Plan for Black Group Economics with Wealth Creation, authored by visionary Antonio T. Smith, Jr. Antonio isn't just an author. He's a former top-secret combat special operations intelligence sergeant turned millionaire. His life work championed the economic autonomy and wealth creation within black communities. In this seminal work dedicated to teachings of Dr. Claude Anderson, Antonio outlines a comprehensive blueprint covering critical sectors like finance, technology, manufacturing, and more. He blends military discipline with acute understanding of systematic disparity this isn't just a book, it's a movement, a call to action to create lasting wealth and reshaping the economic narrative. Antonio's vision is clear, drive a significant shift toward black ownership and control. Listeners, if you've ever wondered about innovative strategies for wealth creation or how technological transformation can uplift the black communities, then this book is for you. Join Antonio Smith Jr. on the transformative journey. Pick up your copy of the Resegregation Volume 1, The Power Matrix today and be a part of the reshaping future. Now, let's dive into the episode and explore the possibilities that await us.
episode is brought to you by Listen to Paul's Impact, Houston's first radio show dedicated to people living with HIV, their friends and family, every Monday from 7.30 to 9.30 Central Standard Time on Real Talk 100 Radio. You can also find us on all social media under Paul's Impact. That's P-O-Z-I-M-P-A-C-T. And if you happen to miss our show, Follow and subscribe to our YouTube channel where you can catch the latest episodes of Pause Impact. Hey everybody, guess what? I'm disrupting the network marketing or also known as the multi-level marketing industry as well. ATS Network. It is the brand newest multi-level marketing company that's getting so much media attention and breaking records all over the world. Why? I'll give you six reasons why. For one, it's free to join. That's right. If you want to make money, with us, you don't have to pay a dime to join us. Number two, there's no auto ship. That means there's nothing that I'm charging you. And there's also no customer volume requirement. That means you don't have to order $199 worth of a product to get this, whatever, right? If you want all your residual income, it costs you nothing per month, whether it be auto ship or customer volume requirements for you to get in here. Number three. You don't have to pay monthly for your website. That's right. No $24.95 a month or all this stuff like that. Number four, there's no obligation or any incentive for you to recruit anyone. Now, I probably should have led with that. Let me say that again. I have the only network marketing company in the world in which you don't have to go out and get three to get three, get three, get three, and all that stuff like that. No recruitment whatsoever Your mom, your grandmother, or the lady next door can do this. Number five, you never have to get promoted or recruit anyone to to get the highest level of residual income. Since I don't have distributors and since I don't require you to recruit anyone, guess what? The moment you come in, you can get topped level residual income. And finally, you only have to be an active customer to make money with the company check out the show notes probably the first link antonio t smith jr if you want to be one of the 100,000 millionaires that i want to create this is where you should be ats network link is in the show notes love you you can plant better you can dominate welcome to the secret to success podcast my entire goal with this podcast is to give you value that is it I am not interested in you buying from me. If you want to, you can, but that is not the goal here. If you, I do want you to go to the show notes for people that I interview because I do want you to buy from them or at least follow them. But I'm telling you, I am on a mission to create 100,000 millionaires. This podcast is part of that. Do yourself a favor and get everything that you deserve. Period. Point blank. I want you to get that. In this podcast, whether it be keynotes for me or interviews, millionaires, billionaires, it doesn't matter because we can't teach you anything you don't already know. You just forgot because the world made you forget. I love you. You got this. You're going to get this. This is your moment. This is you. Take notes. Listen to me on your commute. I don't care what you do. But this is yours. I do this for you. Like, if you're on a different platform, share it, subscribe to it, share this, because there's not many people out here doing this here. Got this.
Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us for a special episode of the Secret to Success podcast with the DeMarie Group. Today, we have the absolute pleasure of introducing and interviewing Mr. Winfield Clark this evening, morning, afternoon. Thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? I'm doing wonderful, Deanna. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. So before we go any further, Mr. Clark, tell us, who is Winfield Clark? Who is Winfield Clark? Well, Winfield Clark is a Christian husband and father of four who hails from the Waldorf, Maryland area. That's outside of D.C. Um, Just a quick, you know, synopsis. I've spent the last 16 years helping businesses transform through improving operational excellence, um, improving bottom line results and organizational effectiveness. And I've worked with leadership teams to manage change, create capability, and increase employee engagement while sustaining results. And all through going out that process, um, my walk with God has improved. And I felt the calling to want to utilize the gifts that he's given me to improve the lives of others, not just businesses. I want to help people help themselves, simplify life, find their why, all right, their reason for being, and create a vision for their life that puts it in action. All right. I love it. I love it. So that leads me to a question because the biggest thing for every person, the thing that the thing that wakes them up every morning, the thing that drives them to do the things that they do is their why. And thank you for helping others find their why because a lot of people don't know their why. But Mr. Winfield, what is your why? So my why is just that. I'm driven by the light that I see turn on in people when I help them realize their purpose, when I help them solve a problem or I help them improve, whether it's coaching somebody through a health and fitness program, whether it's leading a group of people to solve a business problem, or whether it's just giving a friend advice, just the ability to inspire them and help them find the answers, whether it be just through motivational speaking or coaching, that really just turns on my light. When you ask yourself, you know, what is your why? What you're asking yourself is, what is it that you love to do that you could do for a very long time and look up and hours have passed and you don't even realize that time has passed because you're so engaged. And that's where I find myself in that space when I'm helping others and I see that light turn on. That is awesome. And you have been doing that for 16 years. Man. Wow, that is amazing. That really is amazing. And what what inspired you in the beginning to even go to even do what it is that you do? You say that you have been helping businesses transform um, through improved operational excellence, bottom line results, and organizational effectiveness. But what got you? What inspired you to even go there to go into that field in the beginning? You know, that's a great question. As I think about it, it takes me all the way back to being eight years old. And I was always the kid who questioned, why does it work this way? Can it be better, right? I wouldn't just get a light up yo-yo. I would take it apart, put a paperclip in it, and figure out a way to keep the light on the whole time because that's what I wanted. You know, I was the kid that the family always asked to go program the VCR, figure something out, right? And I was always the one who would jump in and say, wait a minute, I think there's a better way. And so naturally, coming out of high school, you know, after 
putting in car stereos for people because I just love to deal with electronics. I said, all right, I want to I wanna build a robot or a flying car. So let me go get into electrical engineering. So I go to school for electrical engineering, Hampton University, owned by the sea. And I did well in the program. But when I graduated, the first electrical engineering job that I was offered was one where someone said, and this was after nine months of saving money to go to career fairs, right? So that I could get a job in my field. Grades or not, the, the job market was just terrible in 2003 for entry-level engineers. So, and they said, all right, we're gonna have you sit in this room, review schematics, and you can't touch the machines, and you can only talk to people at certain times. And I said, wait a minute, this just sounds terrible. I don't see how I'm gonna be interacting with people to figure something out or create or innovate or solve a problem. And so it led me into the Lean and Six Sigma specialty, right? I got into manufacturing, I got into operations management. And if you don't know about Lean and Six Sigma, basically what they are, it's a way of thinking. They're problem solving methodologies that help people solve problems and get to the root and sustain the results, right? But in that is a ton of space and opportunity to innovate and to take groups of people and teams of others to solve a problem together because you've got to get the people involved who do the work every day. You don't just sit in a room and solve it. And so that's how I kind of migrated from this curious kid who just had a love for technical things, you know, into, oh, I want to be an electrical engineer, into, oh, now I'm helping businesses transform. So I took that, you know, as an entry-level manager and kind of worked my way up into director roles and now consulting. And so that's how I've gotten into where I am now. Oh, right. I love it when you said I was a kid who was doing this in the beginning. I remember as a kid, my dad walked in on me with the VCR completely apart. <laughs> 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 and he looked at me and he was like, if you can't put it back together how you took it apart, we're going to have a problem. And he said, I sat there and I looked at him and I put it together with no issues. And he said, from that moment on, he never bothered me when I took things apart. He said, because I put it back together, he plugged it in, and it still worked. That's awesome. That's funny, but that's awesome. I would probably have a similar re reaction if I were him. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, not the VCR. <laughs> <laughs> Look, aging myself a little bit, but you know. <laughs> it's all good. I was from the VCR days, too. <laughs> <laughs> so my, my next question to you is, because as entrepreneurs as those who go into and actually start living their passion how was it when you got your first client and you walked them through whatever it is that was hurting their business how was how was that what was that emotion how was that experience for you oh my gosh you know the first thing is the proof is in the pudding right so first it was you could just tell by them looking at the results that they couldn't believe that they accomplished it. Because at the beginning of the journey, there's always doubt. And that's how people respond to change. Their first response to change is actually a curve of emotion that starts with, okay, we need to do this. Then it says, oh, wow, this is hard. Then it says, okay, you're crazy. I don't think we're gonna come out of this. And then we come out of it. And then it's like, okay, great. You know, even though it was tough, I realized we got through it. So having gone on that journey and that roller coaster with them, when we came out and they said, wow, I didn't believe we could do this, but we actually could, this method works. 
that just gave me all the pride and joy in the world. I can think of just countless examples of that through manufacturing plants or working in healthcare with teams of people, but that's the thing that gets me. And the first time I experienced that after having just learned lean and I was super nervous to have to lead my first team, right? My first team of people who had been working in this manufacturing plant for longer than I had been alive, right? <laughs> so I was in my early 20s and I'm telling them how to think about improving their work process. So there was just an extreme level of humility that I held that I think actually made it possible. But after going through that and them saying, I didn't think we could do this, do this and we did, um, that, that was an amazing feeling, an amazing feeling. I think that's when I kind of found that that's the switch that I love to see turn on. All right, it's just there is no switch. It's like, why am I even doing this? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, every morning, and it's something that I've I've realized now that I have a higher level of awareness and a higher higher level of consciousness. What used to get me up in the morning was habit and routine. Mm -hmm. But I, but I had to crawl out of bed just to do that. Mm -hmm. What gets me out of bed now is pure excitement. Who am I going to be able to talk to next? Who am I going to be able to help next? Who, what challenge is in store for me today? I don't care if I just went to sleep three hours ago. I'm still going to wake up and be like, okay, look, let's go. Let's do this. You know, there's never a dull moment. Every day is a great day. So that, knowing that and having that experience, I, I, I'm happy for you <laughs> because not everybody gets to experience that. Not everybody gets to live their dream and not everybody gets to experience helping someone else and the joy of doing that because they're so stuck in me, me, me instead of we. So I applaud you for that. So congratulations on that. <laughs> Thank you so much, Deanna. And you know, it's, it's a constant, and I, and I applaud you too, because it seems like you're in that place as well. It's a constant journey. You never stop, you know? You get snippets of it here and there, pockets of excellence and moments that you feel that way. And then there's other moments where you don't, you know, but you live for those moments that you do. Um, and when you find yourself not wanting to roll out of bed, you know, the Japanese, they have this term, it's called ikigai right? And Ikigai, what it stands for is reason for being, right? Which is also like your why. And when I first came on to this model, I got super excited because it's the crossroads of four different things, right? It's the crossroads of what do you love, okay? What are you good at? Because sometimes the things we love, we're not exactly good at. And sometimes the things we're good at aren't the things that we love, but through life and conditioning, we've gotten good at them, right? Then it's mm -hmm. what does the world need, you might be good at it and love it, but does it really serve a purpose in the world? Does it add value to the world? And then last but not least, what can you be paid for? So if you have all the other three, but you can't be paid for, okay, I, you know, how do you sustain life, right? You may have vocation, but you don't have profession. Um, if mm -hmm. you can be paid for it and you're good at it and the world needs it, but you don't love it, you're not a happy person and it's hard to roll out of bed at night. And it's never completely perfect in the center, but everything is always the evolution of those four things circling. And so, you know, when I came onto that concept just a few years back, I just started to apply it and think about it. What's missing out of the four? Which part of it do I need to improve? Can I make this job better? Can I make it more of what I love? Is there something I need to do outside of my nine to five that can help me do that? You know, and today, you know, where I'm, I'm full in some ways, being able to apply my technical capability, now, what I seek for is 
what the world needs and what I love and being able to bring that to other people. I just feel that calling. And once you feel the calling, it's hard to ignore it, Deanna. It's hard to ignore it. You know, mm -hmm. you got to do something about it. And so, yeah. <laughs> it is It is hard to ignore it, especially when you know that's your purpose that's, and that drives you. It, it really is. It really is. Um, definitely. And that brings me to another question. Mm-hmm. Because in growing your business, in life in general, there are certain things that hit you that you, you they're negative, but they're not like, they, the failure, what are the failures that you cherish the most? The ones that when they hit you, it was like, man, that really knocked me off my feet, but I learned something from it. Oh my God. Well, I can, I can think of one life changing event. It was life altering, you know, some five or six years ago, I went through a divorce and no one ever wow. plans to go through a divorce. You know, I, I felt I did everything I could to be a great husband, to be a great father. You know, it's two people, you know, it's not just you and by yourself. And needless to say, Antonio, how you doing, man? <laughs> <laughs> What's up, man? What's up? I'm listening. What's going on? <laughs> I'm behind the scenes listening to you. I'm checking you out. <laughs> you never I know just, what's going to happen on the secret to success. <laughs> I just see this panty merge. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious, man. But yeah, so it just, it tore me down because being a technical person, being a planner, I said, okay, I had the next five years of my life planned out. All that's gone. And all of my financial, you know, success, all gone. Having to start completely all over again. And none of it was fair. And I, and I said, you know, as a Christian, I'm like, why, God? Why? I wasn't doing anything wrong. Why is this happening to me? And why is it happening the way it is? And why is it so brash? And, you know, he broke me down to a point where I had no choice but to seek him wholly and fully. And to completely rely on him. And it drove me to create a vision for my life nested in him and to really understand my purpose. And that, believe it or not, at that moment, I wasn't thankful for it. I was like, this makes no sense. It's unfair. I've lost everything. I've got to start over. Where do I go next? But he proved to me time and time again after that, that he will supply all my needs. And he did. Once I set a vision in him, for every aspect of my life, and I mean every aspect, Diana. First, it was what's my vision for my walk with God and what's my mission? What's my vision for my children? What's my vision for love one day if I'm ever going to have it again? I had to pray on that. <laughs> God blessed me there. What's my vision for family? What's my vision for finances? What's my vision for health and wellness? And then I had to walk it and pray to it. And he brought me out of that financial slump. He brought me out of that place. He helped me find love, get married again. And, you know, a lot of people look at me and say, wow, man, I can't believe you bounce back from that that way. Most people wouldn't bounce back from that. And I say, but God. And I also say, you know what? I've got a vision for my life in him. And that's the most important thing. So, I mean, I could go on and on about the things that happened over that time that were great. You know, one of the things I did, I decided to start competing in a fitness competition. Just out of the blue, I said, okay, not only am I just going to work out, I want to be one of those guys that can walk on stage. I'd always been kind of athletic, but I'd never been that ripped up or cut. 
And one day I said, all right, I'm going to do this NPC thing just because somebody dared me to do it. And I'm going to set a vision. I'm going to go for it. So I'm eating string beans and chicken and doing tons of cardio and working out for four or five months straight. And I did it. And I won some trophies. And the thing about it, thank you. You know, it, it wasn't the trophies. I could care less about the trophies. It was just the fact that I was up there. It was just the fact that I was up there. And so, and it was just a reminder to me once again, he will supply all your needs. Most people tell me, Winfield, you look younger than you did before you got married the first time. Now, at 38 years old, I was 21, 22 when I got married. You know, and that's, that's nothing but God, proving to you that anything can happen. And so that's why I'm so on fire for wanting to help other people. Maybe they've been there. Maybe they're at that low point. Maybe they might have a job that pays, but they feel absolutely no fulfillment. Maybe they want to get paid and they're out of work, but don't know where to search. And they're just trying to find anything they can to make money, but not focusing on their purpose. I just want to help in and just uplift folks like that and help to them find up, their why. Go to Skillshare.com slash Antonio. Again, wow, go to Skillshare.com slash Antonio to start your okay. <laughs> That's Skillshare.com slash Antonio. Okay, so you said your age, and I'm going to be honest with you. The very first time I saw you, I was like, oh, he's young. <laughs> I'm thinking you and your, or I'm thinking you and your mid to or to mid to to late twenties. You said, oh, thinking, you know, at thirty eight. <laughs> I'm like, well, well, maybe, maybe I need to go have my conversation with God again, because because uh, <laughs> <laughs> because what what you said you went through, I I know that. Mm -hmm. I know that feeling that okay, with with me. Because I tell people all the time, my conversations with God are like, okay, you know, I'm hard hit. <laughs> you gotta, <Yes. laughs> you gotta come down and 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 talk to me. We gotta do this one on one because these little signals you keep sending me, no, I need to know it's you. <laughs> and I had I had reached one of those points where it was it was it was either you do this or you do that. Either mm -hmm. you let me have it all or you continue to suffer. Mm-hmm. And I was there, and I mean, in church, boo-hoo, crying, not <laughs> nose, face red, <laughs> can't breathe. And he said, do this. And I was like, no, in my head, of course, I'm in church. Mm -hmm. and, and it got to a point where he was, I, one day I just went outside, and I was just standing there, and I actually tell this story, and I was just looking at a, I was looking at a palm tree, and it's, the the breezes went by the tree and I'm looking at it and it had the the brown leaves at the bottom, but the green was growing was growing very well and I remember somebody telling me in order for a pine tree, uh, a palm tree to really grow effectively, you have to trim off the old stuff mm -hmm. and allow the new stuff to grow. And the one thing I kept telling him no about was releasing the old stuff. Mm. Just, just let mm -hmm. go. I kept telling him, no, I'm not doing it. Like, I'm not letting this go. And, and the whole time he kept saying, just give it to me. I, I don't want to give it to me. Let it go and give it to me. So when you said, I had to fully trust him. Yes. That's the hardest thing for people to do is just really say, you know what, God, here you go. I'm going to give it to you. Amen. It's all yours. And then once once I did that, I had a piece that I could explain. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. no matter what happened, there was always a comment. And for mm-hmm. a second there, I kind of thought, I was like, well, did he leave me? Because it's been too quiet. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, my, and i that's when I understood that I did what he told me to do. Yeah. So I received yeah. the peace that I'd been wanting. I received the peace that I've been praying for. Mm-hmm. So that yes. is my, the biggest failure. I applaud you for that because it's a, to take a failure and really pay attention to why it's there mm-hmm. and not just and not let it break you like that. That's Amen. why you're standing here today. Amen. I could have been in a lot of worse places. Thank you so much, Deanna. And I applaud you because, you know, what you just shared with me, that, you know, when you're in that moment of peace and you realize why, when it's quiet and you're not hearing from him for that moment, it's because you've done what he's asked. And one of the things it's hard to learn to do even after you get peace is learn to enjoy it because you're so used to the struggle. You're so used to the struggle and you want more and you say, God, you know, I want to pay you back for what you've done. I want to serve you. You know, what can I do? And sometimes he says, you know, child, just be still. Just enjoy the blessings because I got another challenge for you coming later. I want to grow you spiritually later. It's going to come. So save your energy for that workout. <laughs> exactly. Because it does come and it keeps coming. <laughs> what life is. But yeah. Yeah, so I I applaud you for that. I really do. And congratulations on going through that and working through that and giving all of that to him. Congratulations on your family and your your new wife. Congratulations to all of that. Because again, like some people say, I've seen people go through that very thing and they're they don't come out looking like you, sir. (laughs) (laughs) They don't come out looking like you. So Thank congratulations, because like, because like you said, people are like, man, you look younger than you did before you got married. Like I said, I was like, I thought you was in your mid to late twenties. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm flattered. <laughs> <laughs> look, me, me, and God needs to go. Okay, God, let's go back to this job board real quick, because uh, we're still <laughs> like, we lost ten years. I look like I've been gained, so we need to work on this. <laughs> You know, it's, it's, it's something we can laugh and talk about it. It, it, that peace in your heart. There's a parallel with forgiveness and giving it to God. I feel like they're one in the same. You either forgive a person or you forgive the situation in life that you went through and say, it's okay. I'm over it. I realize it happened, but I'm better for it. And once you can take a deep breath and say that and mean it and let it go, you just start to grow from there. You, your breath even feels lighter. You know what I mean? Everything you do mm-hmm. from there, it just feels like you're lifted. And so you've experienced it and we and we can share in that, Deanna. Definitely. And that leads me to another question because with your spiritual growth, with the passion that you have and the enjoyment in your why, how do you how do you even more so develop yourself outside of the work environment? Because as entrepreneurs, we have our work environment and we have our home environment, but it all does this at some point. So how do you keep yourself as a successful entrepreneur? How do you continue to develop yourself and keep this without the breakage, without the 
the side effects of what some entrepreneurs experience? How do you develop yourself outside of that? Oh man, that's a great question. As I think about it, the, the word that popped into my head was balance, right? It's always about achieving a balance where I want to grow myself and do more. I want to promote myself at work or take on a more challenging role that's going to use more of my skills. But at the same time, this work-life balance I have right now is awesome. And I don't want to mess that up. And my wife loves it. And I can watch the baby one day a week. You know what I mean? And it just works out great. And I don't want to move again. But, you know, there, there's countless stories in the Bible where God says, you may be comfortable now, but I want you to move. And I want you to move into something that wasn't as easy as it was before, because now it's time for you to grow again. And so the thing I say is never be stagnant, right? Always be growing, but just don't be hasty in the decisions that you make to grow, right? You know, and I think that balance between the professional and the entrepreneur, you know, my wife and I talk about, okay, what's something we want to do? What's something we want to do that's our own that we can create and build together, you know, on principles that are, that, that are godly? You know what I'm saying? That can make us profitable, that can make us lenders, not borrowers, right? But yet and still doesn't overwhelm us to the point that we don't have the quality time at home that we need with one another and our children, which is the most important thing. And so at the end of the day, I think the answer for me is always going back to your vision, right? If you come into my house, Deanna, you'll see on two different walls that my wife and I, we put a vision on the wall for our family and our life. It's literally like a vision that says, in this house, we do the following. And this is how we do it, right? And I can go into detail on it, right? You know, we stay humble. You know, we're thankful for our blessings. Um, we're stewards of our blessings. We do the following things, right? And so we have a family meeting that says, all right, the decisions we're getting ready to make, the things we're talking about doing, how does this tie to our vision? Is this going outside our vision? Do we need to rethink it? That kind of keeps us grounded because there's always something coming. There's a ping in the inbox for, you know, a potential job. There's a ping in the inbox for some way to invest. There's a friend asking if you want to get into this. And then there's something else you want to do, you know, and then there's, you want time to go work on your car and play around. You know what I mean? And so <laughs> I say balance, communication, and always keeping grounded in whatever vision that you have. All right. That now, the in this house, I love that there's, um, when I first became an entrepreneur, I, I had my son with me. I didn't know the balance. I didn't know that balance. And Antonio taught me how to incorporate my son in what I do. And so now he understands when mommy's teaching, he does this. When mommy's not teaching, he does this. If my laptop is open and he sees a screen full of people, he'll walk up, mommy, mommy, are you working? I'm oh. like, yes, mommy. <laughs> mommy is working. So the fact that you you and your wife, that's the other thing. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of what success, what successful entrepreneurs do is they know how to pick someone to build with. Amen. And from what you just told me, you and your wife are building together and you incorporate the goals of the household into the goals of what you're doing. I love how you said when we first walk in, that's what you see, because then that also lets anybody else walk in and knows, okay, look, when you walk in this house, these are our rules. Mm -hmm. This is what this house stands for. This is the mission, vision, and goals of this house. 
So if you're coming in here with anything with anything outside of that, you're not even welcome here because you're not going to interrupt our flow of things. Amen. So I, <laughs> no, we, we don't. Is that is that? Do you see that up there? You don't see that up there. That means that's not welcome here. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> and, and, and by the way, right next to that is a sign that says, "Please take off your shoes." <laughs> now look, I have to admit, yes. I don't like shoes, so I won't have any problems following that rule. <laughs> <laughs> I get teased because I walk around the I walk around the office barefoot, and they're like, "Oh, D." I'm like, "I got I got socks in my purse. I got socks in my purse." <laughs> There's, so I, I'm sorry, go ahead. I'll say there's got to be a scientific study that says that working in your socks is good for your thought or something like that. <laughs> comfortable. I'm not focused on the pressure of the shoe around my foot. My toes mm. can wiggle freely. I'm more productive. I'm just saying. <laughs> but I, I definitely applaud you for that. And it, it seems like so far the secret to your success have been your passion. Your passion is about what you do. You actually are a servant. You enjoy serving others and watching them grow. And you are actually happy for others when they are successful. Not only that, you, you actually seek God first. And because of that, he provides everything that you need. Amen. And then you brought that into your household. And yes. your household is the same way you grow together and not apart. Amen. You don't, you put everything together in a way where your household, your workflow, and you who you are, it's all, like you said, is balanced. Mm -hmm. So I, I congratulate you on that because not a lot of people understand that. And that's where some entrepreneurs go wrong. They miss the personal development and take it out on the family, not understanding why the family's not understanding nothing, but we didn't sit down and talk about this in the beginning. So there was never a, there was never a mutual understanding on the growth pattern and the goals for the family. So then that carries over to the business. And That's now right. my customers and my clients are sitting here looking at me crazy because I just snapped on somebody for no apparent reason, not knowing that my household is in disarray because everything's not balanced out. Mm. I congratulate you on that. <laughs> Thank you so much, Deanna. You know, as, as you were saying that, and I appreciate so much everything that you said, um, what it made me reflect on is just what leadership is, right? Leadership is about being a servant. Even the way God describes it in the Bible and the role of a man in his family is to be a servant leader. So a man whose you know, wife and family are in line with him is a man who stands strong in the world and a man who prays to God at the same time, stands strong in the world, right? There's a quote that I love. It's a quote on leadership. It's by John Quincy Adams. He says, if your actions alone inspire others to dream more, learn more, do more, and become more, you are a leader. It's not about authority. It's not about power. It's about living a life that others look at and say, I want to follow that person. I see their values. I see their vision. I want to follow it. And so I think it comes down to that when it comes to, you know, having those things in line for these leaders and these people that go out and do things for companies. Mm -hmm. 
I'm sorry, I can't hear you. I think you're muted. There we go. Gotcha. <laughs> I have one final question for you. Yes. If you could go back 10 years, what advice would you give younger Winfield? Oh my gosh. 10 years, 28 years old. You know, everything we go through, we go through for a reason. It makes us who we are now, right? So it's really not so much regret, but it's more of, hey, Winfield, remember to put God first. Remember that we plan and God laughs. Meaning if you're not leaning to him and you're only leaning on your own understanding, I don't, I don't care how intelligent he made you, how good of a focus planner he made you, are you relying on him to build your plan for your life? And Winfield, money and having money for the future isn't everything. You can't take it to the grave with you. It can come and go tomorrow. You can have a million dollars today. You can have zero dollars tomorrow. And next week you can have five million. Now I've never had my hands on that much money before, but it's just a principle, right? It comes and goes. And as easily as you can lose it, God can replace it. So I would tell, I would tell younger Winfield those three things. I'd say, put God first, build a vision for your life nested in him. Because I didn't have that yet at 28. Understand how important money and having things is not in terms of building your empire and your future. That's what I would tell younger Winfield. All right. Whew, well, I have truly enjoyed our interview today, Mr. Winfield. You, in watching Antonio and listening to his teachings and following what he does and listening to everything that he does, those that he has interviewed in, in previous episodes, I really enjoy interviewing with you today. You, your secret to success, it, he always tells us wealth has one language. And you, the language you consistently hear is serve others, serve others, serve others. Mm-hmm. And I and your secret to success is that you serve others and you do it unselfishly because, like you said, a leader is, a leader is a servant. So I congratulate you. I thank you for your time today. It was such a privilege to interview you today. And before we close out, I would love for you to tell the audience how they can follow you and where they can find you. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much, Deanna. It it was just as much of an honor uh, for me to be here, if not more. And, you know, I'm humbled just to even be able to share my experience, and I hope it sheds light on someone. Um, And anyone that wants to reach out to me or find me, you can find me on LinkedIn, Winfield Wayne Clark Jr. If you just type my name, uh, there's not too many Winfields out there on LinkedIn, so I'll be easy to find. (laughs) And my picture's there, so I'll pop up. I'd love the professional network and talk, even if it's just about having coffee or answering a few questions. I look forward to it. Um, I also have a joint page with my wife, a family page, out on Facebook. Um, It's called Kingdom Love. Um, So if you go out there, you'll find Kingdom Love, and there's also Kingdom Love 2019, my handle out on Instagram, which is our joint page. So I'm looking forward to hearing from anyone and looking forward to the opportunity to share. All right. So ladies and gentlemen, go follow him, go like, subscribe, ask questions, get to know him, dig in his brain to find out the things that he knows. Thank you, Winfield, so much for joining us today. And you have an amazing day today. It has been a pleasure. Thank you so much.
Thank you, Deanna. You all have a wonderful night. I have felt so much in life. I've been so evil. I've done everything in life to mess it up. And I have. I have completely messed this life up. And then I changed. And then I start applying things. That I didn't know, but I always knew. You call it the law of attraction. Or maybe you don't. Or maybe you're religious and maybe you're not. Here is what I know. I know that we all have a karmic debt to pay off. And I have either paid mine off. Or almost off. And now I dedicate my entire life to you. Please know that as my life is dedicated to you, it means I get beat up a lot. But that's what this is about. It is about people like me putting their gains at risk for you. The crazy thing about life is once we get enough, whatever enough means, if you're a politician, it's enough votes. Someone likes money, enough money, whatever enough is. A pastor, enough members, we tend to protect it. This podcast is not about protection, it is about you. I sincerely believe in you. I know you're going to be it. I know you're going to do it. Whatever that is for you, there are no mistakes. I want you to share this podcast, but not for personal gain. I want you to share it because I am giving you my every being so you can turn around and do the same for others. I give away me and then you give away you. I lower me so you can stand on my shoulders and then you return the favor and you lower yourself so someone else will stand on your shoulders and then voila. Lower than the other because we've all lowered ourselves. Finally, the music in this podcast that you're going to hear, I hope it gets stuck in your head. It's actually from my favorite movie, Cloud Atlas. It's the cover, it's not the original version, but it sounds just like it. Cloud Atlas is a great movie by the Wachowskis. My second favorite movie is The Matrix, but that has nothing to do with this right now. It is about repeating the same mistakes. And so I'm hoping subconsciously that as you repeat the same mistakes, Cloud Atlas is mostly about ascending from those mistakes. So I'm hoping the words, the music, the melody, everything helps you ascend to where you're supposed to be which is where you've always agreed you wanted to be before you got there I love you this is the secret to success law of attraction I really really know that this will be a blessing a lifesaver to many people Antonio T. Smith Jr. you can't plan better you can dominate
when the pandemic began, I had the biggest problem in the world, not making money. The pandemic was actually quite a blessing for me as it almost made me a billionaire. I came really close. So the pandemic was a blessing. It was hiring people. And get this, everybody. I had 48 job positions open during the pandemic. $22 an hour with paid training. And I could not find a single person for two years to fit any of those 48 job positions. Hear me well. 48 job positions. $22 an hour. Paid training. And I couldn't find someone, not one person, for those job positions. Now, is it because I hire slowly? True. But it's because I wasn't using ZipRecruiter. And that's a fact. I wasn't getting to the right people for the right position to fit my right culture. And there are so many different things that you can do this summer. As a matter of fact, you can free up as much time as you want to. But if you're not using ZipRecruiter, you're probably not going to free up that time if you're attempting to hire people. So what is ZipRecruiter? What is probably the greatest job finder that's out there? And that's why you need ZipRecruiter. You need it so you can find the right candidates. Now, it's not that ZipRecruiter helps you find jobs. It's more accurately that ZipRecruiter takes your culture, takes your job, takes what you're looking for, and immediately matches them with the perfect candidate. And if the if it's if they can't find a perfect candidate, they will skip over that person and then give you the perfect candidate for you. ZipRecruiter uses one of its most powerful tools, which is the technology itself, to match the right candidates up with your job. You can easily review uh, their recommendations and easily review their recommended candidates and invite these candidates to apply for your top positions. Additionally, ZipRecruiter has a complete suite of tools that makes it easy for you to filter out, uh, review, and rate candidates. Four out of five employees uh, have been used by four out of five employers on ZipRecruiter. It is a blessing. And no wonder ZipRecruiter is rated number one hiring site in the world based on G2 satisfaction ratings as of this year, January 1st. My friends, soak up everything I said. It's not an ad. This is a personal testimony of how I found the right people to sit in the right seat on the right bus. Without ZipRecruiter, it wouldn't have been possible. So how do you take advantage of what I'm talking about? Well, you go to ZipRecruiter.com slash B2B. All spelled the regular way. That's Zip, Z-I-P, Recruiter, R-E-C-R-U-I. I T E R zip recruiter dot com slash B to B.
And I promise you, you will be grateful that you did so. Again, that's ziprecruiter.com slash B2B. It's also in the show notes.